1: success in life is how we deal with plan B. I'm not even sure who said that, but I read it years ago and I tried to find it online I couldn't, but it has stuck with me ever since. And I think of it any time life tosses me a curveball, which happens to all of us, welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I don't know about y'all, but I have noticed a bunch of curveballs in my life lately nothing major thank goodness but you know misunderstandings there was an article assignment that went wonky you know just a bunch of little things that make life a little bit more stressful or complex I've also noticed some larger curveballs in friends lives one writer friend of mine um, his wife who's had cancer is in hospice right now hospice like my heart broke to hear that news And later, I spotted this lovely note from him on her Facebook page, and I was so moved. They're handling these unfathomable events with grace and courage. so beautiful. His wife, as she's in her final days while battling this disease, said that she will be at his book signing next month if it takes an ambulance to get her there. (laughs) Talk about spirit, right? Another friend of mine recently faced the very real possibility of becoming quadriplegic, wow, right? And she continues to deal with illness, though she is miraculously thriving and is not quadriplegic, thank goodness. But I am just so blown away by her spirit as well. When one of my guests for today had to reschedule at the last minute, along with a bunch of other things that happened this week, I thought of these friends and the intense beauty that comes from saying, you know what, this is challenging, but it doesn't take away at all from what matters. And in fact, you know, every challenge that we're faced with, brings opportunity. Is that a Facebook meme? I feel like that's a Facebook meme. <laughs> I probably didn't. Come up with that. I know that idea is everywhere or in many places. We've heard you know different renditions of that. And I think there's a good reason for that. I think it's really true. And our the way that we deal with things and the way that we in adversity if we're still able to counter blessings and look for those opportunities and let ourselves feel stressed out when we need to. I had to do that. I had to have like a little mini pity party for a moment and then gather myself up. And I think sometimes things turn out even better because of those bumps. So instead of one of my guests today, you've got me, which is kind of groovy for me. I haven't had the chance to sit and just like gab with you guys in a while. So before I introduce our wonderful guest in a bit here, I thought I would dip into our kind Living series, which we're going to talk about sporadically over the coming months. And today I'm just going to bring up some awesome perks of a plant based diet, whether that's vegan, vegetarian, flexitarian, or somewhere in between. Here's seven perks Um, conscientiousness. This one's really big, right? Most people do not shift to a plant-based diet for superficial reasons. We're either, um, you know, really caring about animal rights, uh, the environment. We want to live longer, have better health, or a combination of these things. Regardless, it's a very thoughtful and caring dietary path, typically. And thoughtfulness is really, really sexy, right? We all want lovers who consider others' needs and also take care of themselves. Hopefully, we strive to be those people, too. Number two, natural lube. I am not talking about, like, mashed up. Fruits and vegetables, which would be a little odd, although maybe I don't know, maybe it works. Uh, I'm talking about the lubricant your body naturally produces given proper circulation and having good hydration levels. Fruits and vegetables provide all kinds of nutrients that help, you know, everything circulate right in your body, but they also hydrate us. Number three, better scent and flavor. I'm not talking about the food, although that's important too. I'm talking about Ourselves, all of our sexy parts. Research published in Chemical Senses in 2006 showed that red meat consumption has a negative impact on perceived body odor and physical attractiveness. Isn't that interesting? So when we eat a really meat-rich diet, we may be perceived as a little stinky or uh, not as good-looking. It has to do with inflammation is what people uh, have speculated. Non-meat eaters, on the other hand, seem to have a more pleasant, like a milder smell and a little bit of a sweeter flavor. So that's pretty groovy. Um, Number four, reduced inflammation. While the typical, like quote, American diet, uh, rich in meat, dairy, and lots of processed foods increases inflammation in the body. A healthy plant-based diet reduces it. This is huge because inflammation really interferes with circulation again. So blood can't flow to your girl boner or to your boy boner, uh, and they can't stay aroused. So we really need to keep that you know, in check. Number five, this is great, fewer PMS and menopausal symptoms. Both of those things obviously are very natural, but anything we can do to make it more comfortable and empowering, you know, bring it on. A bunch of staples of a healthy plant-based diet, including flax seeds and soybeans, there's moderate amounts in a bunch of different fruits and vegetables. Um, They contain these plant chemicals called phytoestrogens, which is a complicated word for this, just basically this nutrient that helps manage all kinds of things, including vaginal dryness, which is so common. Hot flashes, mood swings, all the stuff that comes from hormonal shifts. Very, very cool. Number six, increased energy and stamina. We need that, right? There's all these kinds of crazy pills now, even at gas stations that say, you know, boost stamina and makes your erection harder. I don't, I think a lot of those things are probably not uh, necessarily safe or effective. I can't speak for any particular brands, but a, a wonderful diet that's rich in plant foods is a really good way to naturally increase our energy and to make our blood sugar more stable. You know, we don't have that icky crash feeling. We're not supposed to actually feel tired after we eat. We're supposed to feel energized. So foods like nuts, seeds, quinoa, you know, fiber-rich foods. And every time I mention fiber-rich foods in this topic, people are like, well, doesn't that give you gas? If you gradually increase fiber in your diet – You won't have that same issue. If you still do, you probably have trouble digesting certain um, carbohydrates. So that's another topic. But there are ways to manage that. Just don't like all of a sudden increase from, you know, like almost no fiber to like beans and lentils all day. (laughs) That's not super sexy, if you know what I mean. Uh, Number seven, happier moods. Yay. Emotions play a huge role in sexual desire, right? A study published in uh, the Nutrition Journal in 2012 showed that folks who avoid meat tend to feel happier, less stressed than their carnivorous counterparts. Um, Plant-based diets also boost that feel-good hormone serotonin, which is really important for arousal and orgasm. Uh, So here are a few tips for reaping these benefits. You don't have to suddenly shift to a fully vegan diet. This isn't First of all, that kind of show that I would tell you what to do or what to eat. I'm also not vegan myself, although I respect the lifestyle so much. I'm very, very plant-based. Focus on eating more plant foods. So instead of thinking all these things you have to avoid, like, oh, my God, I can't eat this particular food I love anymore – Think about it in a positive light. Think how many of the healthy, tasty foods can I um, incorporate into my diet? You know, more fruits and vegetables that I really enjoy, trying new things. Uh, Emphasize whole foods like fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, legumes. Legumes is just like a fancy word for beans and lentils, basically. Split peas, too. Listen to and respect your body. This is so big, and it goes way beyond diet this is also huge for our intimacy uh for our relationships for our our you know sense of self eat when you're hungry stop when you're full just listening to those twinges and not not shunning them you know our culture is so weird about hunger i hear all the time you know fight your hunger resist your hunger that's like saying try not to breathe don't do that please instead respect it feed yourself um The more you listen to your body, the more it will ask you for healthy food. And it's very normal and okay to have treats in your diet, unless you're like allergic to something or have a major sensitivity. Your body is, well, first of all, not going to ask for things that aren't good for your individual body. But once you learn to trust it, which sounds, I don't know, simple and complex because I think it's both in our culture, it is such a powerful, powerful thing. One of the ways to do this, and this was kind of the beginning of my whole like figuring out mindfulness, um, which, you know, is a journey for all of us. I'm still working on it. But for me, it started with eating mindfully. And that is such an amazing thing. If you're somebody who always eats with a TV on or, you know, is reading a book while you're having lunch or whatever, texting people, if you Simply quiet your atmosphere, you know, have awareness and gratitude and minimize that distraction. Think about things like, you know, what does this food taste like? Where did it come from? Close your eyes for a few seconds. When you first put food in your mouth, chemically, the brain gets so much more pleasure from those first couple bites. If you slow down and enjoy it, you're not going to be as likely to eat like straight through that full twinge. We get a similar twinge when we're full. So I'm I'm not talking like stuffed full. I used to feel stuffed full all the time because I just never would stop. Like I just was like shoveling food. And instead now I feel this just little nudge and I'm so comfortable stopping eating then. You know, I might have another bite or two, which is totally fine. But I don't have that sort of, you know, eating so much that you don't realize you're full till after. <laughs> it reminds me of what was that? Who's the boss? If anyone saw that when you were a kid, uh, like Tony Danza's family after Thanksgiving, they would all like, Eat and eat and eat, and then they would sit on the couch with their pants wide open. And that cracks me up every time I think of it. Um, It's avoiding that though. It might be entertaining and we might relate to it, but it's actually much freer to feel like your body's just fine. You know, it's that kind of like balanced area. Um, And then lastly, make it fun. Treat vegetarian foods like treats, you know, try new restaurants, all that kind of stuff. It's all really important. If you don't enjoy your diet, there's no way you're going to keep on eating that way. Or if you do, you'll be miserable. That is so not fun. So here's a little experiment you can try. Go mostly or fully vegetarian for a few days or more. Then ask your partner if you taste better. First of all, isn't that sexy? Well, it depends on the relationship, I guess. But if your, if your partner would not feel that that is a strange question, I think mine would, would not find that odd for me, um, you are you know, more likely to perhaps – you know, turn them on a little bit, or maybe you laugh about it. Laughter is a big turn on too. But honestly, they may notice a change in your taste and in your smell. Uh, You could also taste yourself. No, that's not gross. Well, I don't think it should be. And I think that also is another topic. Uh, Moving on to our special guest for today. Author Lynn Brown Rosenberg started creating early, beginning with poetry at the age of four. In addition to her wonderful memoir, which I'm reading now, it's fabulous. My sexual awakening at 70, she has written many screenplays and a thriller novella called Breakthrough, which is being released as an ebook in October. Thank you so much for joining me, Lynn. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm well, and I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been uh, reading your book, which is so compelling. It's it's very erotic and spicy, but it's also very um, inspiring. And you talk a bit about your parents and upbringing early in the book. What did you learn about sexuality when you were a kid?
0: Well, my uh, my foray into sexuality was when my mother invited me out to the patio at age 12 to give me the talk um it was a very clinical talk uh, there was no mention of love or passion or or a- anything desire and actually it was about kind of about what went where and that sex is a duty that a woman performs for her husband so and and while she was talking tears were streaming down her face And as I watched her cry, I started to cry. And I didn't know why either one of us were crying. And I never did find out because my mother could be intimidating and she didn't like me asking her questions. So that was my introduction to sex.
1: Oh, my goodness. That is, uh, it's heart-wrenching. And I imagine, you know, through your journey, uh, you've thought a lot about that experience. Um, So growing up then, you know, you're navigating all of the things that we do as as kids with uh, still, you know, kids aren't taught a whole lot. And it's interesting, it is often just one talk. Um, but then you entered, you know, the romantic age of your life. And uh, I'm sure you started dating and, and having interest in boys. Do you remember what your first kiss was like?
0: Oh, I do. I definitely do. Um, when I was 14, My parents took me to a little resort called Highland Springs, uh, not too far from Palm Springs. And one night the resort gave a party for teens, and I went, and I met a boy, uh, 16, uh, handsome, and uh, I liked him. He liked me, and we danced, and we talked, and he asked me if I'd like to take a walk. And I said, sure. So we walked arm in arm out in the moonlight and pretty soon we were on the chase lounge kissing. And I knew not to take it any further. I had been well indoctrinated and I was just enjoying the moment. And into this bliss came my father's bellowing voice, Lynn, get up. And I got up and they sent the boy away and of course I never heard from them again. And they dragged me back to the cabin, and they said only prostitutes enjoyed sex.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And I said that I wasn't having sex. I wasn't planning on having sex. But they wouldn't listen, and they didn't believe me. And so I came to the conclusion that sex was bad and I was bad, even though all I had done was kiss a boy. Wow.
1: Wow. That is very powerful. It And it also just is evidence now looking at your you know in your book how far you have come i love how the book starts you said i wanted mad passionate down and dirty sex which made me want to cheer and then you go into a scene in which you're having basically cyber sex with a man who's much younger than you and at the time and you, you know we know from the title that you're going to be talking about you know um, sex from the age of 70 around there. But still, we don't know until we kind of get through that scene. I think it's so powerful, you say. And you were 69 and it's so erotic. It's it's really sensual. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And you say Thanks. after that scene that it was a new beginning. What did you mean by that?
0: Well, I had never done anything like this in my life before. Um, this was on a chat website. Um, and I just, my eyes were opened up and how people could communicate sexually to each other. Uh, didn't mean it was the only kind of communication sexually, but uh, it was certainly an eye-opener for me, and I continued on uh, with a few other men, and um, I really, I definitely came out of my shell.
1: I bet you did, and what prompted you in the first place to explore a a sex chat room
0: well it it really it kind of started uh when I became aware i mean it just occurred to me one day that I hadn't had sex in over a decade, and uh I decided I wasn't happy with that at all and went to my therapist and asked for a change of medication because I knew that I was on a known sexual inhibitor, so that was part of my problem. And he said we could change it. He said a lot of the medications in the same, you know, area have the same properties, but we can try. And we did. And lo and behold I came alive. And from there, um I wound up exploring and going to a sex store and buying porn and a vibrator. And then some period after that, I got kind of tired of that, even though it was wonderful at first. And my therapist was very uh open-minded. And he said, well, he said, you know, there are, well, first he told me about porn on the net, which I didn't know about either. And then when I kind of felt like I'd like to communicate with a person He said, and there was no one in my life at the time, he said, well, he said, there are sex chat websites. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to talk sex with a stranger. But that's how it began.
1: Wow, so interesting. You mentioned porn, and I know that at one point you were completely against porn, and that changed. How did that change, or how did your stance change on porn?
0: Well, it changed because I saw that I was able to completely loosen up after watching it. You know, it took away my inhibitions, which I had, a, you know, a lot. And um I saw the benefit of it. So now I'm an advocate.
1: That's great. And, you know, it's so interesting. Porn is such a huge topic, and I feel like it's so rich with controversy now, Um partly because few people talk about it, and yet so many people you know, consumer, user, watch it. And there's such a variety of kinds out there. And my own stance has changed some because I used to think that there was only this kind of hardcore porn that was very violent toward women. And now mm-hmm. I realize there's such a, a range. Um, were you able to find different styles that you like? Are we surprised by what you found?
0: Um, You know, I first of all, I didn't know what to expect. So... Uh, it wasn't like I was wondering if there were different styles because I was just kind of overwhelmed by what I saw. um I didn't see anything having to do with violence toward women um it seemed like the woman was an active and interested participant, so it didn't it really didn't offend me, so I wasn't necessarily looking for something else other than what I was seeing but of course, there was that one tape that I maybe should have mentioned before um, talking about the Sex Chat website, you know, for anybody listening to this, I didn't just go to a Sex Chat website and know what to say and how to, you know, and all that. I didn't know anything. And as a matter of fact, I thought, well, if I do go on this, what on earth will I say? And one of the tapes that I had watched on the web Uh, was of a woman uh, naked who was with a man and all she did was talk and touch touch and talk and in the end there was a happy man and when I was about or I was thinking anyway of going on this chat website uh, and I wondered what I would say I remembered that tape and I went back to it and wrote down word for word what she said Mm mm-hmm and use that as my uh, dialogue when I started with these guys.
1: Wow, that is so smart, and and I could see, you know, just having something to work with, like a script, you know, when you first start right. taking away some of the intimidation. And I think <laughs> I wrote
0: my own script.
1: Yeah, totally. And you're a writer, so it's perfect. Um, and you know, it's interesting how I think the internet has brought a, a lot. I mean. Certainly, has made some things much more complex but I think it's brought so much um, opportunity for people to explore sexuality uh, privately and if they are nervous about things like you mentioned um, getting a vibrator uh, what was that like shopping for sex toys had you done that ever before?
0: No I had never done that before I'd never even seen a sex toy and I had never been in a sex store and the whole thing was uh, well I I set out to go to a store aptly named The Pleasure Chest. And uh I had my heart in my mouth just over the name alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went there, I sat in the parking lot for 10 minutes before I could finally get myself to the front door. But uh when I entered, I was surprised to find it was clean and, and the products were laid out nicely and the staff was friendly but not too friendly. And um, very helpful, and so the kind of nervousness—I won't say it went away exactly, but um, but I felt like I was in competent hands with the woman who was helping me, and so it was better—it was a better experience than I thought it was going to be.
1: That's very encouraging, and I think anyone who's listening who's never been to a sex toy store—I've never had. Um, an uncomfortable experience either. Like the first time I remember having some, you know, butterflies, and Mm -hmm. you feel a little like you're doing something kind of naughty because of the way Mm -hmm. kind of our culture presents uh, sexuality. But you're right, there there are some wonderful resources. Um, Usually, the staff is, you know, very able to help. And it's like you said, a clean atmosphere. Um, So you went through in your lifetime, so many different um, kind of phases eras chapters of of intimacy and your relationship with yourself and having had a decade without having sex and I know prior to that you were married um how different is your relationship with your sexuality now versus when you were say in your twenties or thirties?
0: Well, you know I was active in my twenties and thirties. it wasn't that I wasn't active, and I enjoyed it but um you know it's is just very different because i i my whole attitude about it is healthy now, where it was unhealthy and and somewhat inhibited before, and um the way I thought about sexuality you know came from these situations I described as well as others, and I just don't have that in my way anymore
1: beautiful. I love that. And I think it's so interesting. There's kind of this myth that people, especially women, over over time that we lose, you know, our our sexual um excitement or our sexuality that it sort of dwindles and and it seems that a lot of women end up having much richer sex lives later in life if they have if they embrace it, you know, which you have mm-hmm. and I, I think that must be a huge huge part. What makes you feel the most sexy nowadays?
0: Mm, well, um, it could be uh, the touch of a sensual man, it could be an outfit that I'm wearing, and for sure, an orgasm.
1: Absolutely. Yes, that is that is something mm-hmm. I think we all should... I know it's not the only thing, but it's, it's a very, very spectacular thing for sure. Uh, I find it so interesting and, and beautiful and inspiring that... In a culture where there is a lot of shame around sex and sexuality um, that you wrote an entire book not only celebrating it but at an age where sometimes people have this misperception that again you know it's not considered like the sexual prime Um, and that seems to me like for some people might hear that and go wow you were so brave did it feel like a natural decision was it difficult or why did you choose to share your story publicly
0: well you know i had been up till now a very private person and um i i told no one about what i was doing not a living soul and so the idea of writing about this journey the sexual journey i was taking was was quite a provocative idea and you know and literally opening myself up to the world about it. But even more so, it was more difficult for me to write about my emotional journey because that had to be kept a secret, uh, all my life. So that was harder than even writing about the sex.
1: I could, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. And I think it's, it's very brave. Was it cathartic for you after you'd written it? It, it was. Feel, yeah. It
0: definitely was. Beautiful. It definitely was. And when when my sexual barriers went down, so did my emotional restrictions and rules and everything that I had had to live by. They kind of fell away, too.
1: Oh, beautiful. And how have people responded to your book?
0: Uh, they've responded very well. Um, you know, I really didn't know when I came out with it what the response would be but it's it's been positive it's been totally positive
1: i everyone you guys everyone listening truly check this book out because i you know i i always try to get familiar with uh the works of people i'm gonna have on the show but there are certain books that just are so compelling and you write in a very um welcoming non intimidating way that's very personal and i just think the journey whether like you said the emotional part i feel like there is such a beautiful um journey that you have been on that we can see so much of ourselves in you know no matter what our our experience um if you could you know talk to some of the older women who may be listening out there what is one piece of advice you might provide
0: you know i think i would give the same advice Toward younger or older women and that is because they're younger women who have either had a poor education or bad education or, or misconstrued education about sex, confusing um, let's say look for blind spots look closely at judgments, they may not even be your own and if you can see them then Maybe you can change them.
1: I love that. I'm. I actually just wrote that down. That's a. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> and piece if of you're advice.
0: open, you know, if you're open, anything's possible.
1: Amen. That is so true, and that applies, I think, to all ages. But what about for young women? Is there anything that you wish that um, younger women might hear or know?
0: Well. You know, um, I'm not sure what to say to younger women. Uh, I, I know somebody who's 35, and I, she wanted to buy my book, and I said, "Well, I, I don't know if this is a book for you." You know, I had a, you know, problems in my education about sex and so forth and so on. And she said, "So did I, and so did all my friends." <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, it's so, actually really, really common. Um, almost, we still don't learn very much.
0: Yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, so I would, you know, just try and keep an open mind if if you have any judgments from early on, um, and if she went to a sex store for the first time that, Thirty-five, and 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 is going back again. And <laughs> oh, you know, I meant to say that you know I was so nervous about going to the pleasure chest, and then two years later I wound up giving a workshop session there.
1: Oh wow! What are those full circle moments?
0: I know it really was.
1: Yeah, they're a wonderful resource, and anyone who's not in the uh, Southern California area. I believe Pleasure Chest. Uh, you can order um, products online too. So, right, And right. I like that they're very pro education. You know, they're
0: they are very pro education. Yeah, which is great. That's true. And uh, by the way, just throw this in. I don't know if anybody uh, will will have a desire to go there, but Xbiz.com is a online magazine and also a print magazine. To the pleasure business, and I'm writing a monthly column in there now.
1: Oh, fantastic! You know what? I will include yeah. a link in the um, in the show notes to both. Oh, great! To that, and also to uh, your book, so people can check that out. Um, where else can we learn more about you and your work?
0: Well, um, you can learn about me on my website, which is www.lynbrownrosenberg.com. dot com. And then of course my book is available on Amazon.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me, Lynn.
0: Sure. Thank you.
1: What an inspiring woman. I hope you guys will all check out her wonderful stuff. Again, her website is Lynn with Two N's L-Y-N-N Brown Rosenberg, R O S E N B E R G dot Empowerment is all about embracing ourselves as Lynn so aptly displays in her book and in her words, including with our sexuality. And, you know, we embrace ourselves and then we are able to uh, share as we want to with others, right? Uh, Healthy, happy relationships with others often take some amount of compromise as well, right? So a reader recently submitted a question, which I decided to pass on to our wonderful expert of this month, Kate Scalisi. Cass asked, I've gone vegan recently, and my boyfriend eats a lot of meat. After we eat, I'm often repulsed and don't feel up for kissing or making love. Any tips for making this less awkward? Love, Cass. Here is what Kate had to say.
2: Hey, Cass. So as a fellow vegan who is also in a relationship with someone who enjoys eating a lot of meat, I totally feel you on this. And the thing that I really recommend is creating some relationship agreements around the food stuff, we'll call it for now. So I don't have a lot of details about whether you're living together and cooking a lot of your meals together or if you're eating out and that's where this is happening. So I'm gonna give a bunch of different ideas so that no matter what situation you're in, something will be there to help you out. So when I talk about relationship agreements, basically these are kind of like general guidelines that you and your partner agree to for kind of how the relationship is run. So when it comes to food in my relationship, for example, there are certain foods that I just cannot deal with watching my partner eat. I don't like having them around me. I don't even like looking at them in the grocery store. So anything with bones, ribs, whole fish, Um, And then actually foie gras, um, which I never say right. That those are like my really big things that like I just ugh when they're no, just don't. I can't even think about them. Uh, And so one of our relationship agreements is that he is free to eat those when I'm not around, and when I am around, I just nope order something else on the menu. So that's one of the things I would recommend is think about if there are certain foods that really really tweak you out. And would he be willing to not eat those foods in your presence? Now, if you live together and you cook a lot of your meals together, that also brings you to creating an agreement about what foods are allowed in the house and what foods are okay to be cooked in the house. So, for example, my partner does keep eggs and yogurt in the house. That doesn't really bother me, but we never cook meat ever in the home um, and I think one time my mom visited and I like threw out the pan or something. So um, so for us, we are a completely vegetarian, mostly vegan household, but again, when we go out, he is free to get whatever he wants, except for those handful of things that really tweak me out. So those are two ideas. Um, the other idea is to really explore new cuisines and new cooking and new restaurants together and approach things from the mindset of good food is good food. So a lot of times what I see in terms of relationships where you have someone who eats in one fashion someone who doesn't is trying to replace and do, uh, for example, meat substitutes and things like that and well those things are great for us who don't want to eat meat for whatever reason they can be great for our partners who do eat meat but they can't really be substitutes, right? Because they're still eating the real thing and so approaching things really with this mentality of good food is good food, period. It is what it is. It's good for what it is, not trying to be anything else. And so use this time to try some new recipes and to explore new restaurants that maybe offer both vegan and non-vegan ideas or offerings, excuse me, but also maybe trying some vegan-only restaurants. And having your partner order things that are already vegan that he eats anyways. So again, this is something else that I see a lot that happens is trying to do all these substitutes and replacements, they're missing out on the fact that they're already eating kind of vegan sides and vegan salads and things that are naturally vegan to begin with. So just to kind of do a recap, create some relationship agreements in terms of what foods might be off-limits in your presence, what foods are and aren't allowed in your home in terms of being present and also cooking. Explore some new cuisines and new recipes so you can get an idea of different foods that you just appreciate for what they are. And a couple of my favorite websites, uh, Choosing Raw is one of them and her partner, was not vegan when they started together, so they have some really interesting perspectives. I really like that, and I really like KeepingItKind.com and OshiGlows.com. Oh, Those are probably my top three favorite recipe websites, specifically for recipes that make a lot of people happy, no matter what they eat. Oh, and Produce on Parade too. So that's for Choosing Raw, OshiGlows, oh, Keeping It Kind, and Produce on Parade. And then the first thing was to really get into the mindset yourself and especially your partner that good food is good food and that doesn't matter what it is, just really appreciating everything that you're eating for what it is, not what it might try to be. So if it is some sort of meat substitute, just this is just a good dish, period. doesn't have to pretend to be anything else. I hope that helps and definitely let us know how it goes. Such
1: wonderful advice. Thank you, Kate. Remember to check out Kate's website and her work, uh, PassionByKate.com. Kate is K A I T, PassionByKate.com, slash work dash with dash me to get an amazing discount on her Sexual Clarity Quickie Package. It includes one-on-one coaching with Kate and a whole bunch more to help you have the sex life of your dreams. And get this, it's only $98, which is a huge bargain. Mention Girl Boner when you sign up and Kate will give you a free hour of coaching, which you can use anytime within a year. Thanks again, Kate, for sharing your awesomeness all month long. All of you guys out there, if you haven't already, please find her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Passion by Kate, K A I T. She shares awesome articles, uh, stuff that she's written, other people's works, inspiring tips. She's full of joy and love and inspiration and is so compassionate. Uh, I know you'll get a lot from staying in touch with her. One of my favorite ways to live a kinder, more empowered life too is to support animals. Today actually happens to be National Dog Day, as I just learned on Facebook. Uh, we will explore this topic more in an upcoming episode. But for now, I wanted to give a special shout-out to one of my favorite organizations here in Los Angeles called APE Action, which stands for Animals, People, and Environment – Ape Action. My friend Jill uh, runs the organization. She started it. It's a nonprofit. She rescued my amazing Pitbull Mix, Via, which you guys remember. She had a little cameo on uh, an episode a while back. Uh, Via is such a joy, and we would not have her, and I can't even imagine where she would be without Jill. Uh, Jill also... Um, trains and and rescues other animals she's committed to promoting change through education of moral and ethical values relating to animals people and the environment again aPE. Uh, Her organization strives to raise awareness by instilling socially responsible actions that cultivate a deeply compassionate world. It's such a beautiful mission. Jill currently has some super sweet, adorable dogs. They're pretty small, all really good-natured, who need foster homes really badly, or adoption, or both uh, here in Southern California. And she also needs donations to um, allow them to have foster homes or to be taken care of until they have them. To see these dogs and support uh, this venture, go to Dimes for Dogs uh, slash Animals, People and Environment Action, a.k.a. Ape Action, on Facebook. If you go to um, Facebook and just search Dimes for Dogs, it should just pop up, but I will share a link in the show notes so you can find that on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. To inquire about dogs for adoption or that need fostering, you can email directly to adoptions, plural. Adoptions at apeaction.org. If you would like to donate any amount of money, can help. Whether it's you know three dollars instead of getting your coffee, or switch from like a venti to a small or whatever, um, or if you're feeling more generous or have the ability to to contribute twenty or fifty or hundred or whatever. Every little penny helps. It all it all um, works together to save these animals' lives and make their lives richer and the owner's lives richer. Because as all of you know, if you have dogs, especially a rescue, oh my gosh, they are everything. Um, if you've gained empowerment by living a kinder life or had a sexual awakening at any age, I would love to hear about it. You can find me and the whole Girl Boner community online. Find those links on my website, August, like the month, McLaughlin.com to support Girl Boner and get some awesome intimacy products, including eco-friendly lube. They have Good Clean Love, which we've talked about uh, on earlier shows, which is wonderful. I use it. It's great. Um, They have vegan condoms. They have sex toys that are... um, Not only eco-friendly, but good for your body. No weird chemicals, all that kind of stuff. Um, And a whole bunch more. Shop at Good Vibrations by clicking the ad on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. As a reminder, many of my episodes are now available to watch on YouTube. It's so fun. You can be like a little fly on the wall as we record this show each week, which is pretty fun. Or not every week, but whenever I have an in-person guest. Find my channel by searching for August McLaughlin or Girl Boner Radio on YouTube. You can also find that link on my site. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.